and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Brad. Yeah, it's it's his, uh, the dark multiverse of Stephen King. Last time I checked. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> and oh, we um, we're gonna do a little special episode this week. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, your cat Bentley Shike. That's correct, and your Brad Munson. That's true. I have been for <laughs> way too many years now. But don't ever change. Don't ever. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to do a little special episode this week for Thanksgiving, um, a combination of a lot of stuff, rather than one specific book or story or movie or whatever. We thought we'd talk just a little bit about lots of little things relating to Stephen King, food, and eating, both his yeah. own stuff and the things he's written about and mm-hmm. a lot. And I've got out a bunch of weird crap about it. I love it. Um, that we're going to talk about. This is kind uh, of the, the cat surprise, where I love That's it right. when Brad brings information to me and just says, here, and then we just start talking about it. I love it. Stephen King talks a lot about food. We're going to talk a lot about it here in a minute, but we certainly have been obsessed with uh, food as much as Stephen King. Uh-huh. And early on in our uh, explorations here, when we were first doing this, we wrote an ad and performed an ad for what we thought was the coolest thing in the world. At the time, I every- do think it is the coolest <laughs> thing in the world, Brad. I know you do. Don't speak for me. I love it. But uh, at the time, every <laughs> podcast in the world had an ad for Blue Apron. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the first big advertisers to, to do podcasts. And we thought a one for a King broadcast would be much more appropriate if it were the Red Apron. Absolutely. So we wrote it, and here it is. This episode of The Dark Multiverse of Stephen King is brought to you by Red Apron, the make-your-own-meal delivery service that brings the best of multiverse cuisine directly to you. Every week, Red Apron drops an unmarked shipping crate outside your door, then knocks and runs away. And what you'll find inside will make your heart pound. Garen fucking teed. Every secret shipment is filled with dark delicacies you've never dared to dream of. From places you can never, ever visit. Well, not if you know it's good for you. This week alone, start with a tasty corn fritter appetizer from the Sweetbriar Rose Diner in Chester's Mill, Maine. After all, you'll never get a chance to visit the real restaurant. It's almost impossible to get in. Then, fill your plate with a cheeky cut of blood-red beef from the Gotham Cafe, where the knives are always extra sharp and the service is insane. And then you can finish what might be the last great meal of your lifetime by making your own super savory strawberry pie, complete with a secret ingredient that might actually make you thinner. Then, just like every month, you can end your evening once and for all with a new and inconsolable cocktail from Lloyd the bartender, the evil genius mixologist, you know, the one lurking behind the bar at the Overlook Hotel. His drinks are to die for. This month, the Bloody Virgin Mary, a perfect libation to enjoy on a cold winter's night before the snow makes it impossible to leave anyway. You'll find all that and way too much more at Red Apron, the mysterious meal delivery service that brings the multiverse to you. Learn more by visiting redapron.co, that's redapron.co, and click on the Help Me, Help Me button. You won't believe, or maybe even survive, what happens next. And thanks again to Red Apron for sponsoring this episode of The Dark Multiverse of Stephen King. And then the other thing we did is we did this little um, adventure in in Cat's kitchen, trying to um, make some. Well, we got the ready for box. We ordered it for Thanksgiving, and it didn't go quite as we had planned. But we're no. going to play that as well. So those will play late on in the episode here. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, it was a lot of fun. Either um, way. 
before we forget, please. And everyone made it out alive. Everyone, well, most everyone made it out alive. That's uh, true. Please, uh, if you haven't already, go to iTunes and rate and review us because we like to get those numbers in. Tell all your friends and neighbors about how wonderful we are. So, what about your plans for Thanksgiving? What are you doing? Well, every year I have uh, my family of friends come over for Thanksgiving, and usually my sister, who's a nurse, she takes off Thanksgiving so that we can do Christmas, but she apparently has both holidays off. I didn't know. Cool. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's basically, um, you know, the husband hopefully is not going to light the kitchen on fire this year. And uh, we actually did a trial run last night of uh, deep frying a turkey and making sure nothing blew up. Which no, I still no think jet is propulsion insane, into space. That's right. Him being a rocket scientist and all that was always a chance. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that's. I think deep frying a turkey is the craziest it's shit I've so ever heard. But and, I know. And, and it's weird because I was like, I before I had actually had one, I didn't understand the concept. I'm like, you know, thinking like Kentucky Fried Chicken, like that it's like really thick, crispy skin mm. or something on the outside. And I was like, I don't know. That seems kind of gross. But no, it's it's like well, yeah, we tend to think of deep fried as breaded first right, and then fried. Right, and yeah. So how would you bread it? Why would you bread right. a turkey? That seems no. I, and I didn't get that. And then when I saw it, I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing because it's kind of like Peking duck, where it's got that really crispy mm-hmm. skin on it mm-hmm. and it's blackened and it's just like delicious. Well, I, so I didn't make it for the practice Thanksgiving no, yesterday, not, but, but I did. got leftovers. Yes, you got. <laughs> oh, you I'm got doing good. <laughs> and I'll be missing uh, the real Thanksgiving this year as well. Because you... Well, usually I spend Thanksgiving... It sounds really pathetic, but it's a good thing. I spend Thanksgiving alone. I he actually I like invite it. him always. And she's always good about it. As, and I, other friends have been equally uh, nice to me. I spent 30 years going to Thanksgivings with big families, <laughs> the last 10 or so of which were uh, pretty much a living hell. Right. So, the last few years when I've had the opportunity, yeah. I just get a pizza from down the street, one of the best pizza places in Southern California. I love it. It's like one award and stuff. I didn't even know that. It's just run, run by two. It. Yeah, yeah. The Pasadena Pizza Company. Love you guys. Anyway, I get a huge pizza from there, and I nurse it for about three days, mm-hmm. and I watch um, horror movies and binge stuff and yeah. uh Otherwise, just let it go because I'm not gonna. Right. And I really enjoy well, I mean, that again at Christmas too. And and then I see my family at another time from you know the having all this family. You and know. also then then I can see Health parts has. of that family, both genetic and extended, that I want to see. Mm-hmm. We do a different date when it's not so crazy and right. there aren't so many deals. We have a very nice holiday celebration, kind of midway between Christmas and New Year's. This year, however, I'm not doing Pizza Thanksgiving. Uh, this year, I'm uh, taking a little trip. I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, would you like to sing? The, what? I, I, have a, I have a friend there who's been a, a uh-huh. writer friend of mine. I've known for 30 years or more. I'm going to see him a bit. And I'll be staying with another friend of mine there. That's yes, all. who also happens to be, not that he's in love with her, but I just have to do that. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in I, love I, with the stripper. No, I have a good friend there who is, in fact, a stripper, works at the Palomino. She's a lovely woman. Right. And uh, she's she offered me her couch for the couple of days there that I'm going to be staying. I love it. Also, it's going to rain uh, the entire Thanksgiving weekend here, right? And in Vegas, so I'll be driving there in the rain. Uh, but eh, it's okay. It's okay. not that far. It's only about three and a half hours. Yeah, no big but deal. Anyway, right. our special Thanksgivings are unusual as always: deep fried right. turkey and mm-hmm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a bit about Stephen King and food. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really does love it. And you don't have to go very far or look very deep to find his constant. Um, references right. to food now. in in bunches of his stuff. 
And actually, we were just saying before we started to record how stupid <laughs> we were. Yeah, thinner. <laughs> There's a whole damn book about losing weight and eating and yeah. and everything. And of course, the infamous strawberry pie mm-hmm. uh, that we haven't done yet. Right. And we every year we strain now to say, what are we going to do for Thanksgiving? What are we going to and Duh. I know. So next so year we'll do next thinner. Next year it's mm-hmm. thinner for sure. But uh, <laughs> obviously, he's got a whole book about where the curse of this guy, right. this fat guy losing weight, mm-hmm. is entirely about a, a cursed strawberry pie, which yeah. I particularly love. And I love the ending, but go ahead. And then, of course, he did Elevation, too, which is we did actually about losing year. weight. It's about losing mass. He just gets lighter and lighter. Right. He doesn't actually get His thinner. mass is the same. He yeah. just gets lighter. He's yeah, it's very strange. And I like that story it didn't Mm -hmm. do tremendously well but i thought it was cool i thought it was sweet but in in terms of food um he's done a ton of stuff yeah uh he also makes terrible puns about it talk about dad (laughs) dad jokes his his thanksgiving tweet from last year was why did the cranberry sauce cross the road to get to the other sides Oh, yeah. that's something you would definitely say. Yeah, that's definitely his. Uh, this year, um, just last week or so, he said, because I was late to the cannibal feast, they gave me the cold shoulder. <gasps> oh, my Lord. Yes, this is one of the greatest authors of the 20th century. Yeah. There. That's, he can't help it. He but can't help that stuff. He's still dead uh, and grandpa jokes. <laughs> he is. I think we'll talk about his his work first and a little bit about King himself because okay. had some interesting stuff about him. But Thinner is is obviously the, right. the the biggest. Does there any particular food thing that stands out for you? Yeah, um, it and the Chinese food restaurant that they go to mm-hmm. that the Losers Club as adults when they meet and they go and they rebond together. So yes, that, the uh, Rose of the Orient. Yes, yes, you got it. Thank you. Yeah, because I actually looked it up. I actually have. The the thing that I think both got to us was, well, actually there are two parts of it. One, mm-hmm. of course, is that this is the second part of the book when they're adults and they come back to Derry and the Losers Club does as adults. The first time they all get together, they get together at this Asian restaurant. Mm-hmm. And King does two things, and you see it in both versions of the movie as well, both the healing and almost spiritual positivist of everyone eating together. Right. It's something that he's done in other stories, eating Definitely. over the dinner table is a lot, and it's never better than in this one. So they all arrive one at a time. They come into this big dining, special dining room just for them. And the quote from King is, So they ate, and they ate long and well. Like the old joke about the condemned man, Bill thought. But his own appetite was better than it had been in ages. Since he was a kid, he was beginning to think. The food was not stunningly good, but it was far from bad, and there was a lot of it. The six of them began trading stuff back and forth. Spare ribs, mugu gaipan, chicken wings that had been delicately braised, egg rolls, water chestnuts wrapped in bacon, strips of beef that had been threaded onto wooden skewers. Mm-hmm. He just goes on and on yeah. talking about how much he just loves the food and about their camaraderie there. Right. And it's actually the thing I remember best about the first of the two movie versions, too, is that... Uh, the just the pure joy of people eating together and mm-hmm. falling back in love, I think, in a sense. Right. But well, then the I other mean, part you know, of it is... Last night, after we ate, we all played Cards Against Humanity. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you that's us falling in love with each other and our fucked up senses of humor. So <laughs> It's true. And then, of course, it goes badly at that meal when the fortune cookies right. come. Yeah. Blood spurted up from Beverly's fortune cookie as if from a slashed artery. Yeah. Ugh. It splashed across her hand and then gouted out over the white napery which covered the table, staining it a bright red that sank in and then spread out in grasping pink fingers. 
Eddie Kasprak uttered a strangled cry and pushed himself away from the table with such a sudden revolted confusion of arms and legs that his chair nearly tipped over. A huge bug, its chitinous carapace, an ugly yellow-brown, was pushing its way out of his fortune cookie oh. as if from a cocoon. Its obsidian eyes stared blindly forward. Oh, my God. I know. Stuff's crazy. As it lurched onto Eddie's bread and butter plate, cookie crumbs fell from the back in a little shower that Bill heard clearly and which came to haunt his dreams when he slept for a while later that afternoon. As it freed itself entirely, it rubbed its thin rear legs together, producing a dry, reedy hum. Mm -hmm. And Bill realized that there was some sort of terribly mutated cricket. Mm -hmm. It lumbered at the edge of the dish and tumbled onto the tablecloth on its back, Oh, God, Richie managed in a choked voice. Oh, God, Big Bill, it's an eye. Dear God, it's an it's a fucking eye. <sighs> Bill's head snapped around and he saw Richie staring down at his fortune cookie, his lips drawn back from his teeth in a kind of sickened leer. A chunk of his cookie's glazed surface had fallen onto the tablecloth, revealing a hole from which a human eyeball stared with glazed intensity. Mm. Cookie crumbs were scattered across its blank brown iris and embedded in its sclera. Ben Hanscom threw his, not a calculated throw, but the startled reaction of a person who'd been utterly surprised by some piece of nasty work. As his fortune cookie rolled across the table, Bill saw two teeth inside its hollow, their roots dark with clotted blood. They rattled together like seeds in a hollow gourd. He looked back at Beverly and saw that she was hitching in breath to scream. Her eyes were fixed on the thing that had crawled out of Eddie's cookie, the thing that was now kicking its sluggish legs as it lay overturned on the tablecloth. Bill got moving. He was not thinking, only reacting. Intuition, he thought crazily, as he lunged out of his seat and clapped his hand over Beverly's mouth. It just, so it then, didn't fly into her mouth. Yeah, also to keep her from screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right, because no one else can see it but No them. one else can see it. Oh, and my that, God, and that's, yeah. but, but all of them are these horrible, horrible mm-hmm. things. And that's kind of king in food in, in a perfect right. Uh, capsule, right? It's lovely and it's terrifying at the yeah. same time. It's really awful. I know. I love the look on Brad's face right now. He's got this, like, wicked smile. He's like, it's really awful. Yeah, it's really <laughs> awful. I love it. It's so awful. You know, I, I looked up on the Stephen King wiki. I looked up Stephen King restaurants. You know, there are almost 30 separate bars or restaurants that he mentions in various stories. That are real? Well, no, just places that oh, he's made oh, okay. up. okay. No, I didn't know, you know that. that. Everywhere. He does them in every yeah. 30 different ones. Oh, wow. There is to just in the wiki, and I'm sure there are more. You can actually go online, and someone has made the table menu from the Briar Rose Cafe, and you can get salt shakers from it. No. From the ones that are supposedly in, in, the, in the town. Someone's gone to that much trouble to it. do it. Also, the... Okay, um, you know what to get me for Christmas now. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Hero's going to show you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, isn't that perfect? It's just right oh. little, little salt shakers. And, and the menu's the got pizza, meatloaf, oh my uh, God. grilled cheese sandwich. I mean, if you look, it's hard to see in the picture, this but I looked them so up. makes me so happy. Yeah, isn't that totally weird? Oh, and my I gosh. I just love that okay. bit. And that's um, $30 from shopscreenbid.com. But anyway, we'll put the link up oh if anybody God, yeah. really wants it. It's That's the weird kind I really of, want it. And then, of course, uh, the Gotham Cafe. <gasps> One of my favorites. From Everything's Eventual, I believe, yep, right? Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. And it's so great because the, the waiter goes crazy. He kind of does like a, a, Berko- a Berkovich. Yeah. yeah, his name is Guy. And he does like a, a Berkowitz thing where the neighbor's dog is torturing him. And he just goes crazy. This 
couple that's divorcing, they decide to just, they're sitting with their lawyers and it's very tense. And for whatever reason, the man who brought in the umbrella, the maitre d' thinks it's a dog and he starts screaming at the umbrella and then he just fucking snaps. And it's amazing. I love it. It's so much fun. When you look at the Everything's Eventual cover, uh, 14 Dark Tales, it has um, a glass of water with one droplet of blood that's spiraling down. But when you open it completely, and I love this, and only true Stephen King fans get excited about this as much as I do, such in the way as I do about the Gotham uh, Mm -hmm. mug that you bought me recently, or the when we went and saw Dr. Sleep and I got the room key. Yeah. I get so excited. Yeah, my swag. So... Written, when you open it up, written on um, the spine part is a napkin that's in blood that says, oh God, please help us. And when you look on the back part of it, everything, there's a knocked over glass, there's blood splattered all over the table, there's blood splatter on the walls. It is a forensic nightmare or dream, depending on how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, both, I think. So it's I, I love it. It's lovely, and and it's based on the story of the Gotham Cafe. I like that they did the artwork for that story in particular. Yeah, which is I think one of his better late stories. It's it's yeah. just so creepy. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's, is it's good. Not, sure, I'm gonna go pee real fast. Watching the background here is not a King thing, but uh, part of the ongoing binge of Twilight episodes on one Netflix. channel, Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the Monsters Who Do on Maple Street, which King has said is his inspiration for the Regulators. Oh my God! That particular episode, which I has not yet been that. made into that a movie, but it's on the list. Look at my yeah. nips; they're hard. Yeah, I, I love, love it. this. Is my <laughs> very favorite episode <laughs> I love of Twilight. This episode. So, yeah, it's one of my absolutely top ones. Anyway, what actually brings us to this whole deal about how people. Love Stephen King's food more than Stephen King himself does, and they try to recreate it. Right. In some cases, you haven't read the um, Dark Tower series, no. but there's in Midworld, the the world at the center of all other worlds at the tower. There's a bunch of different foods, but one thing they talk about is graf, G-R-A-F, which is a kind of a mead that they drink, and it doesn't exist in our world. Right. But a ton of different people have tried to make it. If you go online, you can find a dozen different recipes for graf, sometimes spelled with one F, sometimes with two, where where people are trying to come up with this kind of of mead that it's done. I want to describe graf a little bit. I actually found this deal. They share the common idea that Graf is a malted, slightly hopped cider. However, many recipes also add a number of spices and either adjunct fruits. Some recipes have a relatively small malt contribution, being almost entirely cider, while others could be described more as apple beer with large amounts of malt and only a small amount of apple. Oh. It actually comes from a, like a German word. I don't know. It should be interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'd never heard well, of it before. When we find a link, let's order some and we'll have to toast to it for the new year. Yeah, or uh, if you know any home brewers that'll make it for us, that'll that'll be a good That'd thing, be too. Lovely. Another thing I 
find interesting, though, is the lack of food. Um, it, it, for example, in, you know, I'm going to hell because I, I love so much that King has no scruples with killing kids mm-hmm. and because it's the most horrible thing that could ever happen to you. I, I would imagine. I mean, I don't have children of my own, but just my pets and, you know, my nephews and things. But um, many times King will start talking about how the silence at the dinner table or that mm-hmm. the family no longer is speaking with each other after the death of one of the kids. You know, they'll mm-hmm. still do things like they're supposed to, kind of robotic, and we used to have dinner all together, so that's what we do, but nobody really talks and no one's really paying attention to the other people. It's true. And the kids I, I think ignored. of um, mm-hmm. Ab's Pupil as a good example Very where so. almost every scene between the boy and his parents mm-hmm. is at a meal. Yeah. And as, as their relationship deteriorates, yep. so do the meals. So yeah, that, that, that is a real important thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing is in The Shining, where yeah. there's a ton of food everywhere all the time. Right. But there's one little bit where Wendy stops and makes tomato soup and a cheese omelet. Yeah. For um, it wasn't a cheese sandwich; it was a cheese omelet. Cheese omelet. And I looked it up here. This, oh, this is a very short bit. She opened the can and dropped the slightly jellied contents into a saucepan. Plop. She went to the refrigerator and got milk and eggs for the omelet. Then to the walk-in freezer for cheese. All these actions, so common, had been a part of her life, helped to calm her. She melted butter in the frying pan, diluted the soup with milk, then poured the beaten egg into the pan. A sudden feeling that someone was standing behind her, reaching for her throat. Shut the fuck up! And that's before anything crazy had happened. Yeah. And that's, oh my god! And again, there he is. All the comfort of food, and then something. The Sitting in a nice, hand. nice restaurant. The waiter comes out with the knife and going. E, 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 yeah, it's just, I mean, that's that's just yeah. the way he plays it. Oh, the other thing is, if you Google Stephen King restaurants, uh-huh. you'll find that, that you will get a list of the 10 best restaurants in Bangor. Of course, he goes he to and ones that he doesn't, or right. used to anyway. He, of course, has moved out of his big house in Bangor, no. Maine. What? He still owns it. He They have moved to an undisclosed location someplace, either in town or nearby, because the touristy thing but they're turning right. that as we said before they're turning that into a writer's retreat oh and, and a king museum wait you didn't tell me that yeah we talked about it on a we mini did? episode oh, yeah god i'm yeah. over from last night i don't blame giving. you god damn it anyway <laughs> that, so that's kind of cool but but i just thought it was hilarious that stephen king and food food and stephen king even to well, that i want to go to those 10 restaurants i want to go to Maine really really bad my my favorite bit is i came across this website i'd never heard of before called two geeks who eat okay and then they recently did a recipe for what they called banger beer dogs, which are actually <gasps> big beer marinated or beer oh, okay. uh, uh, hot dogs, sausages. sausages that they made, but it was inspired by gray matter. Oh, because of, of you had the you know the warm beer guy who yeah. turned into a horrible monster. So oh they started God. with warm beer and they it. made this. But then it turns out <laughs> that if you go to two geeks who eat, it's two like the number two, and then geeks who eat, and you search on Stephen King. I wanted you to look at this from that. <gasps> oh my God. Doctoring French fries, a doctor sleep inspired guide. Oh, this makes me happy. Banger beer dogs, a creep show inspired recipe. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it came out then. <gasps> Lonesome cookies of Jordy Verrill, a creep show inspired <laughs> recipe, and it's green and it I looks know. just like They're fungus like is growing. Sugar cookies <laughs> with like green glop on the top of them. It looks so cool. <laughs> it's definitely spreading, you can tell. Oh my God, this is fantastic. Oh my God, Church's Ninth Life, a Pet Cemetery inspired cocktail. Oh my God, I've got to make that. Yes, I, I figured. That's why I wanted you to see it. Oh my Lord. 
it looks exactly like a cat's eye. It's um, basically half a lemon hollowed out with some kind of a blueberry that makes the pupil and the way that they do the shape of the cats mm -hmm. the the iris the the yeah the weird diamond shaped the weird diamond shaped iris and then you've got the pupil in the middle that's the blueberry that's fantastic Oh my God! I'm so it just excited like, it seems about like this. every few weeks they keep doing another Stephen King stick. So we're now currently in love with the uh, uh, two geeks Ooh. who eat. You'll float too, floats an <laughs> it inspired recipe. <laughs> <laughs> you have to send me the one the blood spattered pumpkin seeds because I still have one pumpkin There's from Halloween pumpkin that I want to make. Uh, so, yeah, okay. that we'll I want to make that. more, my seeds. So we'll do that and take some pictures. So. There's a, a lot of things. Now, I thought we'd close out this with with one more Please story. Do. that I love it. Well, and the story is survivor type. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God, where he cannibalizes himself. Yeah, that's the whole story. I love that one. He twists his ankle going after a seagull that, he, that continuously taunts him because after he breaks and twists his ankle, he ends up knowing that he's going to get gangrene, so he amputates his own ankle, and that's where it starts. He starts eating bits of himself. He even, like, took heroin well, as an the, anesthetic. That was, was the reason why he was, he was on the on boat, boat is right. he was uh, doing a big heroin deal, and so he wanted to make sure that he didn't get in trouble, so he made sure to take a life raft away from other people and uh, escape with his heroin. So he was able to amputate all sides of himself even when he he even went into the femoral artery yep. he went all the way up to the thigh and then yeah and every so he ate yeah. his entire mm -hmm. uh, lower body yeah uh, by the time the, the story mm -hmm. ends it's an interesting story king's done this a few other times now, that would have been a fun creep show yeah it'd be a great one it'd be mm -hmm. pretty talk about grotesque but he does <laughs> what, what we call the epistolary novel which a story which is it's done as a series of diary entries right uh, he did it with Carrie he's done it with others yes. where it, there's no actual story it's bits it's like found footage mm -hmm. in in, yeah. um, in book form I really like it a long time Dracula the original Dracula is written that way that's true so he's getting less and less coherent a mm -hmm. little bit crazier as he gets towards the end and here's the last entry Feb 40th dreaming about my father when he was drunk he lost all his English not that he had anything worth saying anyway, fucking dipstick. I was so glad to get out of your house, daddy, you fucking greaseball dipstick, nothing cipher, zilch zero. I knew I'd made it. I walked away from you, didn't I? I walked on my hands. <sighs> but there's nothing left for them to cut off. Yesterday, I took my earlobes. Left hand washes the right. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. One <laughs> potato, two potato, three potato, four. We got a refrigerator with a store of more <laughs> Who cares? This hand or that, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Lady fingers, they taste just like lady fingers. There's something about that that well, just it's, it's a parody. Them as well. uh, it's a parody's prayer that you say around the dinner table again. Yeah, is that if you know the serious ones are you know thank you God for giving us this food mm -hmm. uh, and and let it dad, nourish our bodies. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, all that mm -hmm. stuff. And then it gets the dad, and dad always goes. Good food, <laughs> good meat, good God, let's eat. Yeah, and everybody gets so mm -hmm. it's it is it's a, a king and food, food yeah. and king. Now, real quickly, King himself, his wife Tabitha lost her sense of smell, <gasps> like uh, you. Uh, yes, but she also said as an adult, I lost mine at adolescence. Oh, still not sure why. But she lost it as an adult, so suddenly he became the guy that had to do all the cooking. He has a passion for cheesecake, which oh, is well, blueberry really cheesecake. that's really difficult to make, and I love it. blueberry cheesecake. Yeah, and I don't know favorite. that he ever makes it, that. but he'll eat it. 
but he also makes a salmon that is like oh, three ingredients. Yeah, we talk year. about that. Mm-hmm. And I think actually we talk about it in the kitchen episode that oh, right. we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So I won't go into that too or much. We've already done, depending on which well, way you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> depending on where you are. There's a long running joke that I married Tapitha because we were poor and she came with a typewriter, King says. <laughs> but it's really because of the fish that she cooked for me. Four decades later, simplicity still reigns at their table. This is from an article out of Bon Appetit some years Aww. ago. Uh, though brain food means dessert. I have a son who swears by creme brulee and always eats it before he writes. For me, it's cheesecake. I love baking bread. I love the how the way the house smells. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I'm not a fan of anything slippery or slimy, he says. Mm-hmm. I don't eat oysters. It's horrible the way they just slither down your throat alive. Oh, I hate him now. I Stephen King, why? You just broke my heart. Uh, but I his, love oysters. Uh, his... Monster meal is uh, basically you take a salmon, preheat the oven to 350 degrees, glaze it with butter, lemon, and a tiny bit of brown sugar, and cook it for 30 minutes. That's it. Yep. It's true. What else can you do? I mean, anything more you do to salmon is screw it up. I don't like cooked salmon. I like it raw. I eat it as sushi. Otherwise, I think it tastes... I just don't like it. One last thing from King himself. This from a different piece in a nice little website called paperandsalt.org. Mm-hmm. After his wife, Tabitha, lost her sense of taste and smell. So taste she got lost and both. Smell. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, that's terrible. King became <gasps> the de facto cook of the house, learning to bake his own bread and devising his own signature dish of baked salmon with brown sugar glaze, which we just talked about. How does she live? I that would be I think it's blunted. I don't think it's really gone. I think it's blunted. And again, if you lose it for a long time, it starts to come back and you have to rebuild it. But so then it's more a visual thing, like no, I, I, again, I, I, I mean, haven't smelled anything in 40 years, and I can tell good from bad. Right. Now, do I taste as well as you? I have no idea, right. I'm sure you taste just fine, ah, but that's an entirely thank different story. You. That's a whole uh, different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> King says, My eating habits are horrible. Favorite restaurant is Waffle House. How sad is that? Oh, lord, the same. Bashfulness appears in King's quick defense of the microwave. <laughs> if you're sneering, it's because you think the only things you can do with a microwave are make popcorn and nuke the living shit out of Stouffer's frozen dinners. He knows better. <laughs> King's alternative, coating a trout filled with lemon, olive oil, and basil before zapping it for a few minutes is nothing to be ashamed of. It's microwaved, yes, but much more virtuous than the helmet-sized bowl of cheesy pasta I make on lazy nights telling myself I am technically cooking. King's favorite food, about which he clearly feels no embarrassment, has the reputation for being the ultimate indulgence, a monster slice of cheesecake. Cheesecake is brain food, he says, mm-hmm. a joking justification for a dessert that doesn't need any excuse. Mm-hmm. So all in all, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, even though he's rarely written about holidays, and right. he's never written a Thanksgiving I mean, story per se. Except for this last one, uh, the Turkey Day Run. That's uh, true. For elevation. That's right. Turkey yeah. Day is in the mm-hmm. year. Turkey Day yeah. Run is in elevation. And they all um, have Thanksgiving sort of together because yep. of fellowship You're that right. goes through. So that yeah. was the only, that was the, we even talked about that last year. That was yeah. the first and only Thanksgiving story that Stephen King's ever done. Yeah, we've, we've already done his one Christmas story, which we'll cover again, yeah. uh, the breathing method, which mm-hmm. we'll cover again in just about three weeks. Yeah. Since Thanksgiving is late one, this and year. I love it. Yeah. So... Stephen King, food, food, Stephen King, mm-hmm. in his writing, in his life, everything around him, and all the people that read his stuff that somehow crave the food he talks about, including Mother Abigail and her bread. Yeah. But 
we decided to go a step farther and we took one of our red apron boxes and had a little adventure in the kitchen. So we thought we'd finish this episode, uh, Thanksgiving as it is, uh, with our kitchen adventures. So uh, from last year. So enjoy. I mean, like I said, we survived, but barely. Uh, barely. <laughs> I can't believe we're actually doing this. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, we're here in, in Kat's kitchen. This is our first ever cooking segment of Yay. the Dark Multiverse of Stephen <laughs> King, which is brought to you by Red Apron, the make-your-own-meal delivery service that brings the best of multiverse cuisine directly to you. Which is exactly what we're doing, making our own meal right from Red Apron. Yeah. Seems like the perfect thing to do for our Thanksgiving podcast. It is, it is, it is. They sent us this nice big box. Here, let me go. Look at it. <laughs> Got oh, it. Man. That thing is heavy. And I wonder why they sent it in an unmarked box I like this. Even my stuff from Adam and Eve has a return address. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. mine too. <laughs> and just so everybody knows, Kat and I are both pretty decent cooks mm -hmm. already. But you don't have to have any experience when it comes to Red Apron. Just a sharp knife, a good attitude, and a crazed glint in your eye, and you're ready to rip into Red Apron. <laughs> okay, so let's do that. Here's the big plastic bag that they sent. Oh, is is that moving? Yeah, move, move back. Jeez. Ah, kill it, kill it. My God, what is that? Oh, God, Brad. Is that an eye? I don't know, but that is definitely a finger. I think we should just pass on the main course here. Yeah, let's... Uh, wow. But but here, I I brought a backup, just in case. Here, wait, here's another box. Wait. Look, these are some of Stephen King's favorite foods. For reals, Brad. No, really, really. <laughs> I looked this up online and everything. He actually published recipes a few years ago. He had an article in Bon Appetit and everything. It's the Wendy Torrance special tomato soup for starters. Then his own recipe for baked salmon with a brown sugar glaze. And look, another recipe for his own cranberry orange mm. cheesecake. And he even makes a, a side of jambalaya rice. Oh, wait, jambalaya rice? Yeah. That was a red apron package too. Oh no, it was the one we just threw out? Okay, let's, yes. let's get this back. Okay, okay. Okay, so another plastic bag. Um, I can see some rice in there and some spices and... Uh, oh, okay, and okay, wait. Those are either very small beetles or really oh. big maggots. God, look at them squirm. Don't, don't, don't open them. Uh, yeah, no, never. Ugh. Let's just go straight to the salmon, shall we? Good idea, salmon. Um, I'll get out the butter and the brown sugar and lemon and... Wait, wait, wait. Let me set the oven for 350 and get it all preheated. Here, wait a minute. Brad, what in the hell? I, I went to the fishmonger in Derry and I said I wanted the freshest fish that he had. And this is what he gave me. Brad, wait. Absolutely fresh. Brad, don't. Oh, God, Brad. Oh, what? God, what is that? Ah. Brad, kill it. Kill it, kill it. This isn't going at all like I planned. No, um, you know what? Why don't we take a break from the cooking? That's a good idea. And I'll make us a drink. Look, look. The last thing from the Red Apron package, a, and I'm quoting here, special libation from Lloyd, the legendary mostly dead bartender at the Overlook Hotel for a flaming Lamborghini. Uh, what? No, no, it's okay. I've totally made these before. I'm a professional, remember? How <laughs> could I ever forget? <laughs> I've got everything we need to do this. Uh, just wait a second. 
And while Kat is getting all her liquor and glassware together, let me tell you, no kidding, that we're going to put the actual real recipes for Stephen King's favorite foods, like the brown sugar glazed baked salmon and the cranberry orange cheesecake and the tomato soup on the website, as well as on redapron.co. So you can look at the links there and find some really cool things that you want to... Okay, here. What? Ready to go. Okay. So, you start with the martini glass. Mm -hmm. Pour one shot of Bailey's Irish cream down one side of the glass. Yeah and a shot of blue carousel down the other side of the glass. Then look, see how it layers? Put a couple of bar spoons on top of the martini glass for support. Then a wine glass upside down and balance a brandy snifter upside down on top of that. And then you take a shot glass and you put it upside down on top of that. It this, makes this looks incredibly <laughs> dangerous. Yeah, well leave this to the trained professionals. Do not try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I take the Sambuca and I pour just a little bit into the bottom of the shot glass, which is now on the very, very top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's got that little well. Yeah, I see it. And then see here, you take an ounce of Kahlua. So you've got this on the side. Then I use my little candle lighter here to set up fire to the Sambuca in the top. Wow, that's, that's big. Yeah. And then I pour the Kahlua down from the top so it all comes out. Look out, that, that, that thing in the trash, it's still moving. Oh, oh God! Get back! Get back! There's a fire! Get out! Wait! The curtains! Oh! Oh shit! Look out! Run! Just, just run! We'll call 911 from outside. Through the door! Wait! Uh, yeah, down here! Down here! It's following us! Everywhere! 